Welcome to the Peter Leg Podcast, where you're empowered to lead, inspire, and influence. Now, here's your mentor, philanthropist, multi-awarded businessman, civic leader, and international speaker, Dr. Peter Leg. Well, welcome to the Friday with Seniors podcast, which we do uh, quite often. And we have different guests every, every time we do this. And they're actually more than guests because they're experts at what they do. And they primarily help the seniors uh, navigate the difficult tasks of not only being retired, but protecting their income and what they've spent years and years trying to build and to make sure that they've got as much as possible left over so that they are not on skid row or what have you. And I really appreciate uh, all the months that we've been doing this. And it's been as informative for me as I'm sure it has for the seniors. So we'll start with Joanna, who is the uh, credit union branch manager for Coast Capital Savings. And Joanna, can you help me understand, tell me a little about what you do and how you help seniors with their finances. Thank you, Peter. First off, thank you so much for inviting me on this call. Um, so Coast Capital Savings as a credit union um, provides advice to help our members through their financial needs. Similar to banks, we provide products and services to support in achieving financial goals. I personally have spent over 10 years working in branches across the Lower Mainland and have really seen banking evolve over, the over these times. Um, especially through the last few years of the pandemic, there has been um, accelerated changes in how people conduct their banking. Um, this includes for seniors as well. One of uh, the few concerns that are impacting our seniors um, is income and estate planning as they transition through the different life stages in their, um, in their later stages of their life. Okay. Um, so Colleen, you, you, you specialize from a banking perspective. Can you help uh, us? Uh, investment perspective, actually. In, investment perspective. That's correct. Yes, I, no worries. Uh, I'm a program manager with Coast Capital Savings. I'm also a certified financial planner and trust and estate practitioner. Uh, I've been doing the planning job for well over 25 years, and I work um, with a significant number of seniors. On, and right now in my role, I, I train financial planners on how they can work with seniors in terms of estate planning, uh, family law, recommendations on family law. I'm not a lawyer, so I can't give you actual legal advice and how to set up their estate. Okay. And Carl, you provide the tax on a volunteer perspective. How does that yeah, work? That's, uh, I'm a volunteer in the community uh, volunteer income tax program through CRA. Been doing it for the past 10 years. At Senior Services, I'm in their forms and taxes program, helping seniors fill out forms and making sure they're up to date on their taxes. Okay. So what are, this is for, for all of you, but what, what are the two most common concerns you see with seniors when it comes to money? Let's start with you, Joanna. Yeah, thanks, Peter, for the question. So um, a few of the top concerns that we see our seniors um, impacted with is the going through income planning and estate planning. So um, as they transition to those later stage in their life, um, those concerns um, tend to be um, 
what they they come into our branches to discuss with our financial planners. Okay. And what do you what would you say is the biggest fear of these seniors when it comes to their money? So the biggest fear I would say is probably protecting all the wealth that they built up over the years um, and ensuring that it lasts the, the funds that they have last them through their retirement. Um, because as you move into retirement, you're no longer working. So you're dependent on the all the income and the savings you've built up in your life. And with the rate of inflation and some of the concerns with um, retirement living, um, having the funds last you through your retirement years is one of the biggest concerns. Okay. And, and, um... And retirement for these folks would start about when? In, in it, it depends. So um, it depends on um, so some people choose to work uh, up to 65. Some people choose to, to work longer than that. It really depends on where you are in your life stage and whether you feel like you're, um, you have the right, your finances on the right track in order to support you with that, your retirement. So um, it, it really depends per individual on what that looks like. So is it really based on the amount of income you have today, whether or not you decide to retire or not to retire? I think it's important um, when it comes to retirement to really start that conversation early on. So as you're through your working years, you should be working with a financial planner or a, um, a advisor. Um, within your financial institutions to build a plan so that you have a timeline of when you expect to retire, what it will take to get you to some of your goals so that you're ready by that age, depending on what that looks like for you. Okay. Now, Carl, you uh, you have a bit of a specialty. I, I, I know you don't like to say this, but you are a bit of a specialty. But tell us a little about uh, low income, income, low income for seniors not filing the income tax. That's a no-no, right? Well, that's that a no-no. Yeah, it's a, it's a no-no because uh, Service Canada would look at your income tax to determine your income and to calculate if you are qualified for any guaranteed income supplement. So if you're low on your CPP and OAS pensions, they would top you up. Also in BC, uh, there is an uh, additional seniors low income benefit you might be entitled to, which is automatically calculated when you do your taxes. Then there's also uh, doing your taxes, you get uh, the tax credit while well, in BC GST, also the that I look at BC low income climate tax credit after you do your taxes. Those are quarterly payments. And then if you are low income, all the uh, government agencies look at your uh, tax records, your notice of assessment to determine your income to see if you qualify for what's called safer. Got to look at this. Shelter aid for elderly renters. And also, if you're a GIS recipient, you can qualify at a great discount for BC seniors bus pass. So there are benefits to keeping up to date on your taxes. As you slip into retirement, uh, do you um, get a bit lazy in keeping track of your records and your pay slips and other financial records? And, uh, and how, how do you help them with that? 
Well, CRA has all your income records. So if you misplace them, you can contact CRA and get copies that we can use to file your taxes. Okay. And it says in my notes here that you have to apply for GIS and OAS because it doesn't start automatically, is that correct? No. My indication is when you first apply for OAS, you ask them to look at your income for GIS. Okay. Um, and help me understand, what is the minimum amount of money or maximum amount of money you can make before you pay tax? Has that changed over the years? Well, it goes up with inflation. I mean, all the pensions go up with inflation. Your personal deduction goes up with inflation. And when you're a senior, 65 and older, you get an additional uh, tax deduction for, for seniors. I don't know specifically when you have to start paying taxes. I let the uh, program decide that. Colleen, uh, adding children to one's estate to avoid probate, is, uh, does that make financial sense? Or does it cause a certain amount of strife for uh, some families? It, of course, it will depend on everyone's individual situation, but we often find seniors um, quite concerned about the idea of probate. So probate is a tax leveled by the province of British Columbia. It's 1.4% on the value of your estate. And we often find seniors will add children to their homes or to their investment accounts in order to avoid that 1.4% probate tax. Uh, without doing a bit of a cost benefit analysis. Um, there are issues with adding on an adult child, particularly if you have more than one child to an account. So if you add on a single adult child to an account and um, once the parent passes, there can be family issues. There can be strife in the family, as you mentioned, uh, where uh, perhaps one child thinks that that was actually a gift to them rather than holding it in trust for the estate. Uh, if that child is divorced, that asset may be considered to be part of their marital assets and be subject to divorce or, as well, or if they're um, being sued by somebody, perhaps they're self-employed and they've been added to their parents' home, well, that asset may become part of the, uh, the, uh, the assets that can be, they can, um, sorry, that the, the creditor can go after. So there's a lot of reasons for why you would not want to add an adult child to an account, um, just as many reasons why you might want to. I would strongly recommend that you speak to a certified financial planner before making that decision because they can guide um, any senior with the pros and cons and help you do a quick cost benefit analysis. How, how prevalent is it as, as people age and their health is challenged, uh, how, how do they seek help and who do they seek help from in order to put their taxes together and make sure that they're filing it correctly? Well, there's two ways that you can do that, um, and both should be done while you have competency, mental competency. Uh, you can either um, identify somebody as a power of attorney. Usually it's uh, someone that you trust, a uh, family member, um, good friend. Um, I've seen accountants and lawyers or pastors being named as power of attorney, and those people can help you with making financial decisions if you're no longer mentally capable of doing it. In British Columbia, we also have what's called a representation agreement, and the representation agreement is for seniors to identify someone they trust in order to help them with finance, or sorry, with making health decisions uh, as they age. 
Now, uh, some levels of that representation agreement, um, the level seven representation agreement does give that person that you've identified the ability to do some simple financial uh, tasks for you, such as pay your bills, make sure your rent is paid. Um, and then there's a representation agreement level nine, and that one is more for end of life decisions. So the idea is that you would identify someone that you trust, someone that is comfortable with making either financial or medical decisions or personal decisions on your behalf. And ideally, you have that person uh, named in a legal document to act on your behalf. So you've got to have somebody or you know, some people that you've um, given them the authority to uh, assist and perhaps even take over uh, filing That's of correct. your, let's say, taxes. Is that true? That's correct. Yes. Without that person, no one is able to work on your behalf. Uh, and if there is no one able to work on your behalf, then the province gets involved or with the public trustee and guardian. Can you rescind that if you're not happy with the, the performance of that person? Absolutely. Uh, as long as you have mental capacity, you're able to uh, change your power of attorney or take it back. Okay. But but you have the right to, to authorize someone, to, to give them the power of attorney to do that. That's correct. So Joanna, a uh, question for you is converting your RSP plans to RIFS plans, how do we go about doing that? So um, as our seniors transition into their retirement years, um, income planning conversations are important. So the RRIF, um, also known as the Registered Retirement Income Plan, um, is a registered product that supports seniors through the retirement years. It is usually a continuation of your RRSP um, and is converted to your RIF at the end of the year you turn 71. So different in that an RRSP is for contributions. A RIF requires seniors to start receiving payments from the plan that they've built up over their working years. Um, there is a requirement to withdraw a minimum percentage from the plan every year. So the first step you would need to do is to go into your financial institution where you hold the RRSP um, and have that discussion about converting it over to a, a RIF where you can start drawing out payments. Um, most seniors, they will try to withdraw um, the minimum amount, especially if they don't need the funds, in order to ensure that they're paying the most the minimum taxes and um, that the plan um, continues to be tax deferred for as long as possible. It is recommended to just speak to go into your branch and speak to your financial planner or your advisor to really understand the impact this has to you. So this this would this conversation normally happens um, the year you turn 71. It can be discussed earlier if if you plan to retire. There's a note on my notes about, uh, we call them scammers. Uh, how, how, how do these people, like the seniors, how do they prevent uh, scammers uh, uh, from getting into their personal financial matters? Thanks for the question, Peter. I think um, this is becoming a really common occurrence for not only seniors, but for people everywhere in general. Um, we're constantly getting phone calls, right, claiming to be CRA or emails or text messages with links where if you click on it, it exposes your devices and your personal information to these rosters. So, so many of our, our members um, and our seniors here at Coast Capital, um, sorry, I'm going to correct that. There, there's so many people that can fall victim to scams and these rosters with seniors being a demographic that we're seeing an increase. Um, in um, being 
scammed. So usually what happens is um, your financial institution representative will often um, be able to recognize different signs of scams in the transaction they're trying to help you with. And they will oftentimes ask you additional questions, um, not for a curiosity standpoint, but really to protect you. So one thing I would recommend is if you have questions um, about whether you're giving funds to the right individual, go to your financial institution. They can help ask additional questions to help you identify if you're falling victim to a scam um, and then work um, work with you to ensure that that's avoided. Um, but scams are so common now. There's a, a few common scams that are happening are um, scams that in, involve gift cards. So the scammers will ask you to go purchase gift cards um, and use that as a form of payment to them. Um, usually it's for a service that they're promising, such as like um, cleaning up your computer or uh, Microsoft assistance, things like that. There are so many different variety of scams, um, but we're definitely seeing it impacting our senior demographic um, more and more often now. Um, what I would actually recommend is the government of Canada actually has uh, great resources online, just detailing some of the various scams and what to do to prevent yourself from being a victim to it. So how, how, how do these seniors verify the CRA staff? So for the CRA calls, um, I think everyone has gotten a call from CRA uh, claiming to be, um, be delinquent in your taxes. What I would recommend is to not respond to those calls. Um, reach out to CRA directly through look up the information on the website to verify the phone number um, or or email them, but definitely if you feel like you're unsure of the person that's um, reaching out to you, um, don't provide any additional information and find a reliable contact where you can reach out to them directly to verify if they were indeed trying to get in touch with you. Um, this, this could be an open question to anyone who's specialized in this, but how can, how can our listeners, um, what can listeners do to reduce their financial risks? What, what are two or three pieces of advice, perhaps from all three of you, different ones, different advice. What can, what can, what can you suggest for these uh, uh, elderly people? What can they do to reduce the financial risks? Let me start with you, Carlo. Well, I'm a little biased. I'd say just keep your taxes up to date, all your taxes on time uh, before the end of April, and everything else seems to fall in line. GST payments and, and like I said, the other low-income benefits. Okay, Colleen, any any advice from you? Certainly. Um, if if you have investments, uh, recent change in the uh, regulatory environment around investments, and this would be whether you have a mutual fund, stock, bond, any, any type of marketable investment, your advisor is required now to get, uh, to ask you to identify a trusted contact person. So uh, a trusted contact person is not, does not have legal standing over your account, such as a power of attorney does, but that trusted contact person is, again, somebody that you trust who can actually look out for you if you are not comfortable or perhaps it's better explained um, with a quick story. So if 
if a senior comes into one of our branches and let's say they've come in with their nephew and their nephew's pushing them to take five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars out of their account because they want to buy something, often the senior will not be comfortable. They've been told not to say anything to us or not to speak up through threat of violence or something else going on in the background. If Coast has a trusted contact person on file, um, but not a power of attorney, or even if we do have a power of attorney, if we have that trusted contact person on file, our advisors are able to pick up the phone and call that person to verify that the transaction that's going on or the behavior that we're seeing is good behavior or not good behavior. And often our seniors will be more inclined to speak to somebody uh, like a friend or their accountant or their lawyer, whoever they've named as their trusted contact person, um, in private rather than speaking to us perhaps in a branch. So identifying a trusted contact person with your financial institution is a great way to have another level of defense to ensure that you are not taken advantage of by family, by a scammer, um, by anything that might be untoward. Um, and having another layer of protection that you've identified um, at your own personal level. And, and do you train your staff to do that? Absolutely. It's actually, it's a regulatory requirement for all our licensed staff that they ask this question. Okay. And before they, before they even start uh, working for you. That's correct. We, when we're, well, when we're opening up an account, it is a part of the required documentation. If you have an existing account, this is something that uh, is effective about a year ago today and is now as part of the conversation that you meet when you meet with your licensed advisor, they must ask you, um, to identify a trusted contact person. So Carl, uh, I, next question to you is, how important is it, it's, it's pretty obvious, but I, I want you to say it, how important it is to keep track of your financial paperwork and to file your taxes on a annual basis, if not uh, quarterly? Well, you only have to file on an annual basis, but it helps considerably if you have all your tax documents together I mean, on average, low-income people have OAS and CPP, but some do have RIF income, private pension income. So having everything together makes the process go more easily. Okay. And, and Joanne, uh, how important is it that these seniors uh, have a designated power of attorney? I think it's it's important because we always want to try to plan for the unexpected. So um, a legal power of attorney document helps us identify who you trust to look after your financial affairs if for some reason um, your capacity is reduced. So this means that a credit union and a bank is able to work with this individual to help you transact on your account um, and, and make those decisions for you. So it's it, without this document, we wouldn't be able to to assist you without you being present. So legal power attorney is definitely an important um, conversation to have um, with your, your trusted um, loved ones um, and a specialist. Is, is there any one thing that continually shows up uh, for these unfortunate seniors that they're not aware of and they're taken by surprise? Is there any one or two things that are continually cropping up. Anybody? 
I, I would say that the the thing that I, I personally that amazes me is that most seniors don't realize that no matter their level of wealth, that they need to do some level of estate planning. They need to do incapacity planning while they're coherent. So that would be that power of attorney and representation agreement. Um, and then they need to determine what they want to happen with their estate. They may only have a few assets, but if you don't, if you don't have a will written, if you don't indicate what you want to do with your estate, then the government does it for you. And I don't think that's what you want to have happen. Um, now, this is a, a fair-sized audience that watches this video. Uh, what can they do to support your work? Anybody? Well, since I work for or volunteer with senior services, making donations to you know your local senior center to help finance ongoing assistance or other community uh, services. And I that's, presume that's would, tax, that's, I presume that's tax deductible. Yeah, you should get a tax receipt and apply it to your uh, taxes. Yeah. Uh, are you active in, in, in that area or is it, uh, they just know that they can, they can do that, they can help you that way? I'm not active in seeking donations. No, but, but, they, but the audience in question knows that they can do that at any time. Yeah, they can, uh, as far as senior services go, you can walk in and make a donation. So the audience that, that are listening to this program that are not in this senior uh, age, what can they do to help and support your work? Well, they can uh, look into volunteering either at senior centers or in, like I said, it's the, uh, Community Volunteer Income Tax Program. You go on the CRA website and they have a caption that said, if you want to help others do taxes, as well as if you need help for taxes, they'll help you locate uh, an income tax clinic near you. Okay, anything else? That's all I can think of. Okay, Colleen, how about you? I think the best thing seniors can do is, is go to their financial institution of choice and ask to see an advisor and have a checkup. Make sure everything's in place that you, if you are uh, moving into retirement, make sure you, you've got all your assets in place and that you have sufficient income. Um, if you are in retirement, particularly because we've had a couple of years of COVID where people have been staying at home and not spending any money, have, a, have another check. Make sure, you know, it may, you may find out, and this is actually more common than you would think, that you need, you're not spending enough money that you actually need to spend more money in retirement than you are. So meeting with an advisor, financial advisor or financial planner and having that checkup is probably the best thing that uh, a senior can do to make sure that they're comfortable and that they don't stay up at night worrying that they won't have enough money. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And Joanne, anything from you on that? I would have to agree with Colleen. Um, meeting with your financial advisor um, regularly would be what I would recommend, um, especially as you're having the conversation about estate planning. We will ask those questions to ensure you have everything in place. Um, but if anything, just having a look at your account, reviewing to make sure that it's structured in the way you want um, and being aware of updated products and services that are being offered. Because really, um, the reason why we're here is to, to help um, our customers. So um, we actually want to be meeting with you regularly to ensure that you're doing okay. Okay. You know, uh, I've, I've been in this marketplace uh, since I was, uh, I emigrated from England 
And uh, I know Coast Capital Savings uh, Credit Union has been around for about 80 years, maybe a little more than 80 years. And they're a great community uh, bank. I call them a bank, but they're a great community credit union. And they are concerned with uh, all aspects of life. And I want to congratulate you for sponsoring this podcast, uh, Coast Capital Saving Credit Union, uh, for the Senior Services Society and other things that you do in this community. It is of great value to everybody. And I thank you very much. And while I'm saying that, thank you, Joanna. And thank you, Colleen. And thank you, Carlo, for your uh, expertise uh, beyond mine. But thank you for your expertise. And thank you for being available this morning. It's much appreciated. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you, Peter.